coming up. They went over there, they saw these powerful giants and the fortified cities. I'm sure there was a degree of fear in their heart, but there was more faith than fear. See, this is the this is where we mess up. We let we let we allow our hearts to accept the fear more than we accept the faith. Right. We gotta have a strong our faith have to be more powerful and stronger than our fears. So that our fears don't win. And they came back. The 10 spies came back and with a fearful heart and melted the hearts of over 10 or the majority of 2 million people. (laughs) Yeah. And they didn't get to go into the promised land. You see, ultimately, we have to fully receive all that. Ultimately, for us to fully receive all that God has for us. We can't get to it without faith, y'all. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert Scott of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. We may not want to hear this, but all human beings are often motivated by things that aren't very good. Whether we accept it or not, there's evil in our hearts. Thankfully, when we let Jesus Christ take the lead in our lives, He can regenerate our motives. Join us for the message series, Travelers from the Heart, where Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn help us to examine the things in our hearts that motivate many of our actions. Here's the fourth message in the series, Who Are the New Travelers? Part 2. Look what it says here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3 through 7. It says, all of us also lived among them at one time. Among them is the world. That's the world. We all was in the world. Mm -hmm. All right. We all lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. That's that old heart. Mm -hmm. Following its desires and its thoughts. I just read you a long list of what those are. And then it reads on, like the rest, we were by nature, just like everybody else, we were by nature deserving wrath. We were deserving of wrath. We was not deserving of God's kindness. We were deserving of God's anger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But God gave us kindness. We were deserving of it. Verse four says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incredible riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Do you realize that Christ Jesus is the kindest thing that God has ever done for you and ever will? Yeah. There's, God can't be more kind than he already has been mm-hmm. when he gave his son, Jesus Christ, Amen. for us. He can't. He can't mean more good for us 
than he's already meant mm -hmm. when he gave us Jesus Christ as his son. And seats us in the heavenly realms. And then seats us in the heavenly realms. Christ. Amen. In Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amen. And so get this, y'all. We will, something happened today or something happened tomorrow and we act like it's the end of the world, right? And then we come to God. God, I need you to do this for me. Mm -hmm. As if God hadn't already done the greatest thing for us ever. And we tend to have memories this short. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, our next emergency is the most important emergency. No, the greatest emergency you ever had was, Lord, I'm on my way to hell. <laughs> Save me. Not these other things that we let get so much of our energy and take, take away so much of our joy and cause us to not follow God at times. Yeah. And we're looking for God. And it's not to, bad to want God to do something for you. That ain't what I'm saying. It's bad to want God to do something for you as if he ain't already did something for you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's right. the bad part about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we got to always remind ourselves that God has been the kindest to us that he could ever be in his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The second uh, traveler, primary traveler is faithfulness that we're going to talk about. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Understand there is no faithfulness without faith. Yeah, yeah. In order to be faithful, you have to have faith. Mm -hmm. Right? Look what Ephesians 2 8 and 9 says. For it is by grace you have been saved mm -hmm. through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure we understand this, that the grace and the faith is God's gift to us. All right. The grace and the faith. Mm -hmm. Amen. We're saved by grace through faith, and we needed God to give us both of them. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So we can't boast about anything, as it mm -hmm. says in verse nine, not by works, so that no one can boast. Mm -hmm. And so that no one can boast, God gave us the gift of grace and of faith so that we can be saved. Amen. Look what it says here in Romans 10 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, mm -hmm. you will be saved. Believe in your heart, right? That's faith. Mm -hmm. This is why we need a new traveler and a new heart. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. That old heart would never believe. The old heart would never believe. And we need God to give us to the place where we could believe. It says, for, if, for it is with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Amen. And then we have a practical example of this faith that we're talking about. And in, uh, in, um, Joshua, at Joshua 
14, verse 7 through 8. And this is uh, 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 referencing uh, when uh, Moses told, God told Moses to send some spies to the promised land to spy it out. Mm -hmm. And so Joshua is speaking here. He says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And so I'm going to pause for a moment so you can track with it. So Moses sent, God told Moses to send 12 spies to go look at the promised land mm -hmm. and then bring a report back to the rest of all the couple million people that God had brought out of Egypt. <laughs> 12 spies went over there. Mm -hmm. Joshua says, I was one of them. Yeah. And I was 40 years old when I went. Mm -hmm. All right. And then he says, and I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Mm -hmm. I brought back a word that came out of my heart. Verse eight, nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear, but I followed the Lord, my God, fully. <clears throat> yeah. So what happened here was Joshua 11 other people went <clears throat> and Joshua here, Joshua in this passage, Joshua didn't mention that it was him and Caleb. Mm -hmm. They were the only two of the 12, 12 who came back with a faithful report. Yeah. With a faithful report. The other 10 spies came back with, no, nah, we can't make it. We can't beat them because they were giants over there. They said the people were powerful. They were big and strong. The, the city was fortified. There's no way we could win. Yeah. Now, granted, they just came through a Red Sea, okay? <laughs> they watched the waters part. Granted, they seen the 10 plagues. I mean, all kinds, they had already seen God do some amazing things already. And who, who is these people compared to what God has already shown them? But 10 of the spies came back and said, we can't win. We're going to lose. And those 10 impacted, impacted the majority of the two, over 2 million people. Yeah. And for that reason, they didn't go in mm -hmm. to the promised land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Joshua and Caleb, though, came back with a faithful report from their heart. Now, this doesn't mean they were absent of fear. Mm -hmm. They went over there. They saw these powerful giants and the fortified cities. I'm sure there was a degree of fear in their heart, but there was more faith than fear. See, this is the this is where we mess up. We let we let we allow our hearts to accept the fear more than we accept the faith. Right. We got to have a strong. Our faith has to be more powerful and stronger than our fears. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that our fears don't win. And they came back, the 10 spies came back and with a fearful heart and melted the hearts of over 10 or the majority of 2 million people. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. didn't get to go into the promised land. Mm -hmm. Amen. You see, ultimately, we have to fully receive all that, ultimately, for us to fully receive all that God have for us, mm -hmm. we can't get to it without faith, y'all. Yeah. If you don't have faith, you can't fully get what God has for you. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And this is part of the reason why Jesus said on several occasions to his followers, oh, ye of little faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, little Faye. <laughs> and so we have to make sure we strengthen our faith so that it can overcome our fears. And that's where Joshua was, but the 10 won. They grabbed the hearts and melted the hearts of the other of the folk. So they didn't go in. So they spent 40 years in the wilderness. Yep, following the crowd. Yes. <laughs> Joshua yeah. had to wait till he got past 80 years old to go yeah. in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm wondering, you know. In our lives, how has lack of faith held us back? What has our lack of faith kept us from experiencing that God had for us? Right. The lack of faith and also listening to the group of people over here that's yes. following what's popular. The fearful. The fearful yep. that's following what's popular to the world or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And how that has kept us. What has it, what has it withheld from us? Yeah because we didn't have enough faith. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. The third traveler, primary traveler, we want to talk about is self-control. Mm -hmm. Self-control. Um, this is the mastering of your passions, desires, and your sensual appetite. Yeah. We got to master that. We got to get control of our desires and our passions. And that's all of them. We got to get control of them. Um, look what it says here in um, Acts 13, 22 about King David. After removing Saul, Saul was the first king of, of Israel. After removing Saul, he made David the king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Mm -hmm. So God said that David was a man after his own heart. And we, in, the, in this series, we talk about the heart of God and it was because of the heart of God that we can get a new hearts, that we can deal with the evil in our hearts is because of God's heart. We mm -hmm. talked about that earlier. Yeah. And here, the scripture is declaring that God said that David was a man after his own heart. Mm -hmm. Now get this, David wasn't perfect by any means, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, David was a murderer. Right? David was an adulterer. Yeah. David had some issues. Mm -hmm. But he still, God still said he was a man that was seeking after that was following after his heart, even through his issues. So you may look at yourself and say, man, I, my old heart is pretty jacked up. David's was as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But because of God, God could see and God could help and shape David's heart yeah. to chase his heart. Mm -hmm. And God can do the same for us. Sure can. Right. And we see examples of David's heart being after God mm -hmm. in the life of David. And here, I'm going to look at a, a story here in David's life um, where he demonstrated the heart of God mm -hmm. and that he had matured and that his heart had changed. 
Look at what it says here in 2 Samuel 23, 15 through 17. And David is king here. It says, David longed for water and said, oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. Now, let me back up a little bit here. David uh, was king and he had, he had some enemies and David wanted to um, get a drink of water and he wanted it badly. And he verbalized it, you know, he verbalized outwardly that he really wanted this water. Yeah. And his, David was such a great leader. Um, his, some of his warrior, uh, his warriors, his mighty warriors heard him. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to do something for their leader. Yeah. And so it reads on in verse 16. So the three mighty warriors broke from the Philistine broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. So un, un, unknown to David, he didn't know they were going to do this. They overheard him say how much he wanted this water. They admired his leadership. They went and said, "Let's go get that water for our king, mm -hmm. for our leader." Yeah. They risked their lives to do it, y'all. Mm -hmm. It was a dangerous journey to go get that water. And look what it says here. It goes on to say, um, um, they went and got the water and then, but he, and they brought it back to David, but he refused to drink it. Mm -hmm. David refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Mm -hmm. He poured out the water that he was longing for. And he tells us why he poured it out. Okay. Verse 17, far be it from me, Lord, to do this, he said. Is, is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives? And David would not drink it. David, once he figured out that they went and got the water from where he was longing for it from, mm -hmm. he had it now. They brought, they made it back safely. Right. So he didn't have to even be concerned about them being mm -hmm. injured or dying. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're back with the water. Yeah. He could just drink it. Mm -hmm. But when he realized what they risked by going to get the water, they risked their lives. David says, you know what? I don't even want it now. Because I love my people more than I love yeah. my own desires. Mm -hmm. They suffered to go. They risked it. Yes, risked they sacrificed and yeah. suffered and risked their lives for him. And he says, you know what? I ain't going to drink so it. I'm going to suffer. I just won't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to suffer. Yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's because he had self-control. This is the same David who looked out on the top of, uh, went on the top of the roof and saw you know, find Bathsheba over there and said, I got to have her. Yeah. The one, one who couldn't control his desires at one point mm -hmm. and end up sleeping with another man's wife, having that man murdered, you know, and it was all because of his, his desires mm -hmm. that he couldn't control. This is the same David who's pouring out the water now. He's changed. Yeah. He's not the same. Mm -hmm. And he pours the water out when he could have drank it. Yeah. Yeah. Man. David was new and God said, David is a man after his own heart. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask us, what desire or passion do we have 
that we are willing to let go of mm. so that God could be honored by our lives. That's good. That's good. What is a strong desire you have that you's like, you know what? I really want that, but I rather honor God. I don't have to have it. It don't mean that much. Yeah. Let me let me do something else that, you know, or partake of something else or something else that, you know. Amen. Amen. That's that's a good question. I, I just I just don't I I God, you can, you know, I don't need it. And God, I know that I could drink it. I could partake of what it is and you wouldn't be mad at me if I did. But I also know that if I partake of it, it may, it, it doesn't promote who you are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't um, encourage others in the way that I want my life to encourage them. It doesn't influence others in the way I want my life to influence others. So you know what, Lord? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour it out. I'm going to discard it. I don't need it. It's not that important. Yeah. Because God's heart is more important than seeking God's heart, not satisfying your own, gratifying your own. And you got control, you got control, and you got self-control. Somebody do something to you that, you know, you, you know, you could act up and get angry and all that. You know what? I'm not. I'm gonna pour out the anger. I'm gonna pour the anger out. I'm gonna pour the resentment out. I'm gonna pour the unforgiveness out. Amen. Let it go. Let it go. Hmm. That's self-control self-control and the last one i want to talk about today is gentleness gentleness mm -hmm. some translations uh, render it as meekness or mildness and i want to say this to you that when you look at the different translations i was uh of galatians 5 um, where the list of the fruit of the spirit is, mm -hmm. you'll see some mixing of gentleness and kindness, and you see them in different locate different um, places on the list, yeah. and they're mixing the words. But I want to talk about the gentleness because when we look at Galatians five in the King James, for instance, it, it uses gentleness, which really is reflective of kindness. Um, and so the translations kind of mix them up a little bit, but I'm looking at the, the word, the Greek word that was used for where gentleness falls in the list. Mm -hmm. And then I want to share with you, um, two passages of, in the Greek, in the new Testament, that's where that same word is used for, um, where the same word that's used for gentleness is used in a couple other passages in the new Testament. So here, Galatians 6.1 is one of them. And it says, brothers and sisters, someone in your group might do something wrong. You who are following the spirit should go to the one who is sinning, help make that person right again, and do it in a gentle way. Mm -hmm. Be careful, but be careful because you might be tempted to sin too. 
So this word in a gentle way here is the same word used in Galatians 5 for gentleness. And it's telling us that those who are following the spirit, we already talked about being led by the spirit yeah. and the fruit of the spirit. You should go to that person and make them right again in a gentle way. In a gentle way, in a, in a mild way, in a meek way. Not the wag your finger way. Not the yelling and screaming way, but in a meek and a mild way, make them right again. And you don't want to get tempted while you're trying to make them right. I know you've seen it. I've seen it. Matter of fact, I've done it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've tried to make somebody else right. And I'm yelling at the top of my lungs, <laughs> trying to make somebody else right. That's not gentle. That's not meek. That's not mild. Mm -hmm. And God says we should be trying to make somebody right in a gentle and a meek and a mild way. Amen. And then look what it says here in Titus 3, 1 through 2. It says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. Amen. Amen. So it's telling us to be gentle toward everyone. Amen. And this is a fruit, one of the fruits of the Spirit. We should be meek. We should be mild. The text tells us that Jesus was meek and mild. There's a reference made to you, the, the spiritual size 13s you used to have <laughs> in, in the chat. Yes, yes. <laughs> Based upon what you said earlier. Amen, amen. <laughs> amen, brother. Amen. All right. Thank you for that, brother Daryl. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so we all need new hearts. We all jacked up. We trying to get, you know, and, uh, and this is one of the fruit of the spirit. And then Proverbs 15, one says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And so just as God has shown us kindness, gentleness, patience, and the list is long. We should give gentle answers. Turn away the wrath, man. To ward off the anger and not stir it up. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. 
I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. And, and the best way that we can do that is to speak the word of God. <laughs> I hope y'all hear me here. Because many of us like to talk about concepts that are might we might deem as good or positive. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but that's not the word of God. <laughs> the word of God is his word. And so what we should do is speak the word of God, not ideas about, about the word, but no, the actual word. God said this. It's a difference when we talk about it that it came from God than if it's we're just talking about a concept because then it sounds like it's coming from us. Thank you for listening.